I swear these other podcasts are just a waste of time I'm skipping through them, I'd rather listen and change my mind Wes and Nick always help me through my daily grind Your favorite guys, your favorite lines, change my mind I swear these other podcasts are just a waste of time I'm skipping through them, I'd rather listen and change my mind Wes and Nick always help me through my daily grind Your favorite guys, your favorite lines, change my mind Yeah all right, ladies and gents, welcome back to episode 79, truly episode 79, not like last week when I screwed that up. This is the Change My Mind par- podcast, and we are part of the hashtag DorkSharedGooniverse, along with Geeks Worldwide and Midnight.fm Radio. We are, of course, the People's Podcast. We are the prettiest podcast. I might have a question about that a little bit later on. And, of course, we are the official podcast of New... Nuance, and I am Wesley Sykes, and coming through the other side of the ether is the Fulton Reed to my Dean Portman, Mr. Nick Fryer. Nick, well, how are we doing today? I'd like to point out that we're the prettiest podcast in the hashtag Dork Shared Gooniverse. There may be prettier podcasts out there in the ether. Well, do do I want to be the prettiest podcast, though? That is, that's the real question. Why wouldn't you want to be? I don't know. I'm not sure if I want to be associated with pretty, you know? Why not? What's I wrong with be, that? I want to be rugged. I want to be devastatingly handsome. I think you can be a little bit of everything, can't you? Pretty sounds foofy. Foofy? What is the matter with you? Foofy? Yeah, I don't know. It's just my mind. You know, you, you, you have yet to change my mind on that. How's that, huh? I mean, I feel I, I feel like I have the. I, I feel like you can be rugged and pretty. You just gotta like you when you're rugged when you're out. You're you're working. You're getting your hands dirty and everything. You got the flannel on, all that stuff. Cowboy boots, maybe. And then later on, you you get cleaned up and. You know, you maybe shave a little bit, and boom, you're kind of pretty. I, I'm not sure if those words are synonymous, but uh, you know, maybe, maybe at some point throughout throughout the course of uh, this episode here, you will change my mind. But at first, I'm going to open the the board up to a, a little line of questioning here. Oh, okay. If you could be an animal, any type of animal, Nick, which one would you be? This is this is a nice, lighthearted softball to ease okay. things up here. It's a softball, but you know that I always have a follow up question for these. Is it what? Do I think I would be, or what would I like to be? No, like, like you know, a lot of people say, uh, this is my spirit animal, quote unquote, my spirit mm-hmm. animal. You know, like maybe what would your spirit animal be? I think my spirit animal is a wolf. I think, a wolf, I think, huh? yeah, I, they're definitely my favorite animal. I mean, if that counts for anything, are you a lone I, wolf, perhaps? See, you know what? I could be a lone wolf, but I also like to work in a in a pack, like you know, in the hashtag Dork Shared Universe. I like right. to work with our teammates as much as everybody likes to try and tear us down. I still like to work with them all. And at the same time, I work with you and we're kind of lulling wolves at times when we have shots coming at us, you know, from all different angles. That's true. We got to, we got to watch our sixes on the regular here. Even, even, even if it's friendly fire, you know, like you can never know where, where it's coming from here. The wolf really? is an interesting choice. I think I would like to fly, uh, but, but still like to be some sort of like a predator, like a threat in the air, like a hawk or something like that. Like not an eagle, not the apex predator, but, but a hawk. You know, mm-hmm. I think that would be kind of cool. But on the flip side, if I could be like a golden retriever of a rich white suburban family or a rich suburban family in general, it doesn't have to be white. Uh, that that would be a pretty good life. What about just a suburban family? It doesn't have to be rich. Uh, rich. I would I would prefer prefer money. Yeah. Mm. Okay, fair enough. You know, it's funny is when you, you when you ask that question of, of course, Mac and Goo does Mac versus Wild. And right. I'm thinking, what animals would everybody else in the hashtag Dork Shared Gooniverse be? We'll have to figure that out at some point. But I, when you Maybe said we'll hawk, circle back, yeah. Well, when you said hawk, I thought, 
Well, Rossi would be a chicken hawk. Absolutely a thousand percent. Oh, wow. No. You're, you're coming right out of the gates. We're not even five minutes into the show and you're already throwing shots out, huh? I'm just, I'm just evaluating. It's what I do. I'm a professional evaluator. That's, that's my it. job. That's one way. I think, I think that's why we get paid the big bucks to do that's what we ex- do here. It's exactly. So we got all the fancy stuff on our show here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I mean, where do you think these graphics come from? Right. Not out of thin air. Who I can tell you that. For? Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That, that beats me here. Uh, this week we will be debating a another original versus sequel. I think this is a genius idea, a concept on our part here. I believe mm-hmm. I'm going to give the tip of the cap to you, sir, with that. But we're going to be discussing uh, the Mighty Ducks. Mighty yeah. Ducks and D2, the Mighty Ducks. One came out in 1992. The other came out in 1994. So we'll we'll discuss which was the better what had the, the better romance, what had the better storyline, uh, the better hockey cameos, the better version of Gordon Bombay. We'll, we'll get into all that stuff. Yes. Uh, and again, this will be another debate style uh, format here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, after last week, taking a week off, but but still feeling like we got a whole lot of heat from people. We got uh, heat from people. Comedy but... cult classics, yeah, yeah, not so much from each other. It was, I feel like it was a friendly back and forth. Of course, there's always a little bit of disagreement with us, but that's what friends do. But yeah, I, I didn't appreciate everything that came from. I mean, it was like Davey and Mac, and then PCP. It's just everybody's. Just, and they call us the most sensitive podcast there is. I mean. We're getting shots left and right. What are we supposed to do? You know, we're just trying to protect each other. You know, I got Weirback West, and I know you have mine. That's all that matters. Yeah, and, you know, there's there's something to be said about defending your work that you put forth. And mm-hmm. uh, also, but I think as the People's Podcast, we should take into consideration that uh, maybe some of those things may not have been viewed as a quote-unquote comedy cult classic as others. Um, maybe. I would disagree respectfully, of course, with that. But I, I think I would be open to hearing their uh, interpretations and their reviews of that as as the people's podcast yeah i tend to agree it, it, you, you couldn't have said it any better wes like, that's why we're the people's podcast exactly so uh, what's trending now what's going on what's going okay what's good in the hood so the dc fandom schedule came out this earlier this week or i guess last week uh, we got wonder woman 84 the flash both the movie and the tv show the suicide squad everything on the docket came out you can find it all at geeks worldwide mm-hmm. the batman uh, the Suicide Squad video game. We got Aquaman, Black Adam. What are you most excited about from that list that I gave you? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm interested most in the movies um, for the most part because I'm, I'm not really a comic book or video game guy here. So I mm-hmm. think, you know, leading off with Wonder Woman 84 seems like a really strong start. You got a lot of pop at your lineup. Maybe that's that's a power hitting leadoff hitter, I think. Uh, with yeah. Wonder Woman 84, so I'm excited to see what they roll out with that. But also the Flash movie. This is something that's kind of been thrown out there a lot about where they're going to go with it. I think so many people want the Flashpoint idea and that type of uh, storyline to be incorporated. Is that the case? I- I'm not sure. I feel like that that will be. I-, I don't know. I feel like I've heard so many conflicting reports and rumors and that sort of thing. Uh, has that been out there uh, of what the what the plot line is going to be for that? It's been it's there's been nothing firm to stand on. It's been back and forth the whole way. I mean, obviously we wanted Flashpoint. We're not getting Flashpoint. Seems like and it's so I, I don't know what it's going to be, but we'll have Fandom and figure it out. And that's going to be coming up. That's coming up this weekend after this episode. So very excited for that. Yeah, August twenty second, I believe this Saturday. Uh, yeah, this Saturday, Saturday yeah. coming up. And then uh, for me personally, I mean, I'm excited for Wonder Woman, but I feel like we have a pretty good feel for what's going on there. The Suicide Squad, but the other one too. Mm-hmm. 100% the, the, the Suicide Squad, yeah. The, the biggest one though for me outside of the Suicide Squad, uh, you know what, Black Adam's right there, but I'm probably going to go with the Harley Quinn animated series. I've really enjoyed it. I know mm-hmm. Goo has enjoyed it. Billy D from PCP has enjoyed it. We did that whole special on after the second season, kind of looking back. 
and we haven't heard about the third season. We would, I would imagine it could be on HBO Max. I'm hoping they're going to keep it going because it seems like they have pretty good momentum. And if they're going to do you know, Green Lantern stuff or Constantine stuff or Justice League Dark, whatever, animated on the HBO uh, and HBO Max now, it, it is, right? I get so confused with all right. I, th- I think that's what, it, what they've yeah. settled on, yeah. HBO Max. So they have all that going on. I would love to see that continue forward because I think you can. I think they've done well with it. I think it's been funny. Whether you like the first or second season more, I think they've both been good. So And now that's on HBO, maybe you'll give it a shot. Yeah, and I know uh, Mac and Goom, Billy D did an adult animation uh, draft. I think uh, the Harley Quinn just missed out on it, but did get a mention. As, mm-hmm. a, as an honorable mention on there as well. So I think that was their most recent episode. I think Billy drafted it. Oh, Billy someone did draft it. Okay, it's yeah. Billy, I knew it got it was brought late. up at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know what? If you if you know what, you guys can go back and listen to that episode, and you'll know whether or not. That's the case you have to figure exactly. it out for yourself. That's a, that's a good big market tease. I love that. Uh, the, yeah. Julia Sykes. I, I love <laughs> the uh, support from the lovely lady out there on the Facebook Live. Uh, right now, she's out enjoying uh, a little bit of an afternoon brunch. So she oh. may be storming in here uh, at, at any moment. Who oh, knows? Okay. I mean, she's going to make her presence felt. Now, we got some trailers this week, too, right, Wes? Yes. Yeah, so we have the Devil All the Time trailer, which is a Netflix movie uh, set to come out on September 16th. Tom Holland, Robert Pattinson. It looks like uh, Place Beyond the Pines. If you've seen that movie, that's Bradley Cooper and uh, Ryan Gosling's in that. It's like this kind of like backwoods crime slow burn thriller type of a movie i like um, that. the trailer looks amazing yeah whoever cut the trailer did a fantastic job i'm hoped yep. just from that what the movie actually turns out to be i have a feeling it could be a little bit more of a slower burn it's got that kind of like southern draw to it where they both are like you know backwoods country type of uh uh characters Yes, but I'm all in on Pattinson's character. He sounds, he seems awful. Anytime you're dealing with uh, a preacher who seems slightly evil, Mm -hmm. those are my kind of villains because, like, they're not. We're not talking about like the 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 real like evil preachers that we see or priests that we see today. We're talking about these guys who are corrupt and try and manipulate the system, and they're all they're 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 just kind of businessmen but their greed is what consumes them in all this and i want to see what pattinson's character is hiding what is it that he's doing that's where he's trying to cheat the system manipulate these people yeah i uh i i can't i get a real paul dano vibe from there will be blood now he wasn't uh, like a, a bad character per se that preacher character that he played in there will be blood but it was a very unnerving unsettling uh type of uh a role and like uh you know performance that he put forth and I think mm-hmm. Pattinson was the big takeaway from this. I think we're kind of in this era of Robert Pattinson where he's kind of in the hot streak, his, his uh, peak right now, if you yeah. will. Yeah, because it was how many I mean, years ago where he had um, – what the hell was Yeah, the, the Twilight was? stuff, but he Twilight. was almost like looked down upon. Like, I felt like he was right? like, kind of like ridiculed for this, but now mm-hmm. he's kind of like overcome that. Hey, he got ridiculed and probably made a lot of money, and now it's sure. time to oh, show off that he's a real actor, and now he can make some more money again after he took that. I mean, it felt like time off. I don't remember seeing him in anything. And this this is the first for me with Tom Holland, too, seeing him in a role outside, like a, at least a main role or leading role outside of Spider-Man. So Yeah, that's a good point because he did do Onward, but that's a, a voice role there. Uh, right. But I, yeah, I can't really – I don't think he's done anything else that I've seen him in. Uh, Not that I know of. MCU. Yeah. Yeah, and then the other big one that we got too, of course, was the war with Grandpa. And, <laughs> oh my God, this looks absolutely outstanding. The only reason I wanted to bring this up, Wes, is because Goo was all in on it, and it looks stupid. It really no, does. no, he's not all in on it though. He wasn't. 
I don't I don't think so. I thought he was making fun of it. Oh. Hmm. You sure? I now I, I could have been misinterpreting that. I don't want to put words into another uh, person's mouth here. You know, that, mm. that might be assault in some levels. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think that was the case. I think, you know, I think if you go on Netflix right now, I believe there's a movie that just got um, re-released onto there. It's, it's Dennis the Menace. This is essentially what this movie is. Oh, it's an updated Dennis the Menace, Home Alone. You got like an older, goofy kind of a aloof um you know bumbling old man and then you have this like sharp quick-witted guy who likes kid who likes to like pull pranks on everyone like it's essentially what this movie is it's probably gonna do well mm-hmm. yeah I mean, it was based off of a best-selling book apparently i didn't i didn't know that but that's what the trailer said someone wrote a book on that premise how the i heck? guess so there's some big names there's some good names in this movie yeah but i'm just i don't know how you write a book like that like and it does well that seems I, I guess so. You know, I can get how you make a movie, or I yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I only read books with pictures in it, so who am I to talk? That's true. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Anything else? Um, How about this? How about uh, Forbes announces top paid actors in 2020? Okay. Uh, Do you have any guess at at who the top is? I know you saw the list already, but (laughs) I mean, my it would be my guess would be The Rock, and I would be right. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Dwayne Johnson comes in number one at 87 and a half million. Uh, which is to be expected. Number two, Ryan Reynolds at seventy-one and a half million. I'm trying to think of what he did. Uh, maybe I don't know. you know, like I don't know how the payment structure works, but he just did Free Guy, right, or Free Man. Like I know that movie's not out yet, but that's like, yeah, probably already in the can. Did that, um, that didn't come out. I don't think so. No, or, or I did think it? it did. Yeah, it did. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but I mean, we didn't see did, it. Oh, and he also do did uh, uh, Detective Pikachu too. I forgot that that he did the voice work on that. Yeah, but the only two I'm seeing here that he did for this year were Free Guy and The Croods, too. Oh, really? Okay. Well, what about um that that Netflix movie, the Six Underground movie? He probably did that oh, too, right? Yeah, yeah. He probably made some money off of that. So there yeah, you go. Yeah. So hey, good for him if he's still pulling in all that money. Uh, rounding out the top five is Mark Wahlberg at fifty-eight million, and then Ben Affleck at fifty-five, which kind of hurts me because I'm a big Ben Affleck over Mark Wahlberg guy. So I'm a little <laughs> disappointed to see that. And then Vin Diesel comes in at fifty-four million. Uh, that, that Fast and the Furious money, man, that's good. That's good paper. I just wouldn't even guess it would be those three guys off the top. So there you go. Good for them, I guess. They're somehow, I guess the richest get richer is what it comes down to, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, who we'll see who who cracks the twenty twenty-one top ten next oh, year. Oh, yeah. So it'll be it'll will it be? Oh wait, a minute, is that wait a minute? Is this 2020 list? So that came up from Forbes just recently. So that means it factors in a portion of last year and then a portion of this year. I would imagine it's like Madden, uh, you know, like the, yes. the Madden ratings for 2020 are based off of the 2019, 2020 season. It's probably yeah, some, that something along thing. those lines. So that would make a little more sense. Yeah. Because we'll probably see those numbers way down for next year. I would have to think. Yeah. Okay. Now, what's this whole? I know you got one of those like Twitter things again that you that we you, we've done in the past. The uh, mm-hmm. like take one, leave. What is it? Yeah, so this is from uh, Lights Camera Barstool, uh, th- that podcast there, and it's delete one of these 2007 movies from each row. So okay. in the first row, you have I Am Legend, Transformers, and Ratatouille. Okay. Uh, the second row, you have No Country for Old Men, There Will Be Blood, and Zodiac. It's a tough group. Uh, and the last one is Super Bad, Hot Fuzz, and Juno. Okay. Hmm. I, you know what? Honestly, God, I can't remember seeing There Will Be Blood. So, hmm. Um, 
Well, I'm going. I'm getting rid of. I'm probably getting rid of Ratatouille for the first okay. row. For the second row, I'm probably getting rid of Juno. And then the, the third, the middle one is such a tough one. I don't know where I'm going with that. I don't. I mean, I I haven't seen There Will Be Blood, so I guess I got to go with that. So we're we're kind of similar. I'm getting rid of There Will Be Blood because I, as much as I love all those movies, I never go back and rewatch There Will Be Blood. I've seen Zodiac a couple of times on Netflix. That, that's a long watch, but a good watch. And the same thing for No Country for Old Men as well. Um, I'm probably getting rid of I Am Legend because the dog dies in that movie. I can't. That's always a tough look for me in that one, even though it's a good movie. Uh, Transformers, you get you get primetime Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox. Um, you know, that's, that's a really good one-two combo right there. And Absolutely. Ratatouille, a little fun. A rat, rat who's a chef. You know, it's a good time for me. Uh, okay. And I'm not a big English comedy guy, so get rid of Hot Fuzz. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Um, yeah, it Simon Pegg. For me. Yeah, Simon Pegg. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that brings us to the comic book minute, West, And of course, uh, we'll have mm-hmm. plenty of stuff going on on TLDR this week. That's on Thursday at eight over on Doc's Twitch stream, right here on the hashtag Dork Shared Universe Facebook page. And uh, I know I teased a certain book that is from an indie publisher that people would know last week, and then I kind of flip flop before the show. But the book I originally teased, I am going to discuss this week. I hadn't seen the show that has come from the book. So I'm trying to, I want to make sure I can see that so I can compare it. Cause I feel like a lot of people have seen the show and haven't necessarily read the book. So I can kind of give you guys that understanding. That's um, a big tease. Very yeah. long tease there. Yes. So I apologize for the length, <laughs> uh, but maybe people will figure it out from that. All right. DC has Nightwing 73 coming out this week. I am reading and reviewing that and I'll probably review dark Knight's death metal guidebook. That's 46 pages long. I'm sure that's a little bit too much for us. Um, and then Wonder mm-hmm. Woman Annual 4 is out as well. The big one for Marvel that caught my eye this week, they have Star Wars Bounty Hunter 4 coming out, but Maestro 1. We all know that that's uh, the bad guy from um, Marvel Contest of Champions. Of course, it's not the only time we see Hulk in that right. setting, but you know, I'm sure more people are familiar with that if you haven't read the books. IDW has Transformers versus Terminator issue 3 coming out. I got to be honest, I didn't even know this was a thing. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, for anybody who likes those properties, there you go. There's there's something you probably want to pick up the trade for, at least if you haven't been reading it. Doc talked about Once in Future on TLDR last week. Issue 10 comes out this week. And then we also have, uh, from Boom Studios, Power Rangers, colon, Draken New Dawn, Issue 1. And you know I'm all about this Shattered Grid stuff with Lord Draken and everything. So I will absolutely be reading that. We'll probably be talking about Power Rangers soon on TLDR. I don't know when, but I don't think it's this week. And okay. that's it. I love that. That's great. How, how's the TL, TLDR life going for you? It's going good. I, you know, I love talking about um, – I, I like that I'm able to talk about the, the debate with you and then just relax and have a calm time with Doc. It's yeah. Cool. It's, it's the uh, best of both worlds, I would say. Some might say the yin and yang. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's, that's Some, exactly. I wouldn't. Some might. Some might. Yeah. Not you, but I can understand that. All, All right. right. We're, we're moving back on to the main topic here. You're good with the comic book minute. The time's up. Uh, yeah, I'm ready to go. Beautiful. Okay, so again, much like we mentioned at the very top of this episode here, we are dusting off uh, the old original versus sequel argument here uh, that we just introduced, what, two, three episodes ago? Something like that. Uh, the first one that we did with the Rammy, uh, Sam Rammy Spider-Man 1 and 2. And to follow that up, we thought we'd do an equally great movie series, uh, The Mighty Ducks. 
Now, do you want to take the uh, 1992 Mighty Ducks first installment read here? Absolutely. The tape? Yeah, absolutely. So this is a self. This is about a self-centered Minnesota lawyer who is sentenced to community service, uh, coaching a ragtag youth hockey team. Got a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb. I'm going to cite this because Wes gave it to me a 23, uh, <laughs> 65 split on Rotten Tomatoes. That means nothing to me. Um, it made 50 million at the box office, 6 million opening weekend. And it topped out at number two on its debut weekend. And it was in theaters for 14 weeks. Tell me about the sequel, Wes. All right. Well, the sequel, D2, The Mighty Ducks, came out in 1994. And the tagline is, can Gordon Bombay's team win the junior Goodwill Games in California in spite of all the setbacks? Ooh. Uh, this had a very actually similar ratings, I think. Similar. They're, they're all kind of in the same ballpark here, but a little bit lower. Uh, 6.1 <laughs> on IMDb. <laughs> 2059 split on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, 45 million overall worldwide hmm. with a $10 million opening weekend. I think that's the only thing uh, that it has in its favor over the original as far as these stats go. Okay. Uh, I'd spent two weeks at number one. Actually, that's a little bit. I spoke too soon there. Uh, it's debut weekend and then it's third weekend. The second weekend was number two. And it was in theaters for 40 weeks despite hmm. only making $45 million, So. Yeah, uh, a little was, bit. I don't know if that's accurate. That all that information's from Box Office Mojo. You know how I feel about that. It's kind of been hit or miss recently since it's gone pro. Yeah, that's true. But I think that they're the when it comes to this kind of stuff, they're generally the most accurate thing we're going to find on the internet, especially when we're talking about movies that came out when I was what one year old and three years old. You were you were what seven when the first one came out? Yeah, that, right? that sounds about right. Nineteen ninety two, eighty seven. I was five and seven. Okay. okay, so you were prime age for these movies for sure. Yes, exactly. And it's amazing to go back and watch both of these movies and see the bad guys and think that how intimidating they were to me at that time. And look back <laughs> now, they just look like little snot nosed brats, you know? Yeah. I remember as a kid always seeing these pumped on uh, on Disney Channel to the point where I actually thought these were Disney Channel original movies at first. I mean, it seems like they could have passed as that. You know, when well, I don't you dare. Uh, no, we're, we're not going to do that. These are great movies. Both of these are great movies here. Oh, no. Uh, no that's not what I mean. I love them. I'm, they're classics. Don't get me quality, wrong. High uh, quality output here. There are plenty of awesome Disney Channel original movies. Of course, Hocus Pocus. Who could forget? But I'm just saying that the, I – it just struck me as I'm that. not sure Hocus Pocus is a Disney Channel original movie. That's not an original either? I don't think so. Hocus Pocus. Oh, wow. I'm... I don't think Disney Channel original movies have the type of pull to pull in Sarah Jessica Parker or, or a uh, Emilio Estevez or, or even a Joshua Jackson at that point. You know, Joshua Jackson was a hot ticket. I thought we'll that get was into a... that a little bit uh, later as well. I think uh, this, this child cast is, oh. is pretty pretty great. Is it? Is you, you got an answer on Hocus Pocus? Uh, I I didn't. It looks like it wasn't um, an original Disney Channel original. I thought it was. Huh? Yeah, wait. no, no, no. That oh, was, that wait, was the film was meant movie. to be made for TV, but producers felt it could stand a major theatrical. Uh, so release. So it did go to theaters. Yeah. Yes, but it was made for that, so that makes sense. <laughs> why I thought it was it was you know the way the way it um was done or whatever. Anyway. Yes, you and the producers, you're you're all in the same mindset right there. I guess so. <laughs> all right. So yeah, we had Joshua Jackson who played Charlie Conway, Sean Weiss who played Goldberg. Of course, he's seen yeah, better he's, days. Yeah, he's fallen. I think he's a meth head. 
Is that uh, allegedly? Am I am I speaking out of school here? I, he didn't look good, and if someone were to assume that, I wouldn't blame them. Based he said mug he shots recently. We know that, and they did not look great. He's definitely like he's definitely lost a lot of weight. He's lost that baby fat. That's that's true. Drugs that's true. tend to do that to a person. I think he's yeah. probably also lost some teeth. Yeah, I think that's fair. And some, you know what? Drugs tend to do that to people too, depending yeah, exactly. on the ones you take, like maybe meth. Um, this next one, though, that you found, I was stunned by. Yeah, this was uh, – I did not know this. Of course, it plays a very small role in uh, Mighty Ducks, the first one. But Terry Hall, uh, who is Jesse Hall's brother, younger brother, uh, is Jesse Smollett. Who, of course, no uh, comes from, I guess, some sort of political fame now, if you didn't know that. But I, I believe it was also in the show Power. I could be mistaken about Wasn't that. Wasn't it Empire? Empire. That's it. Excuse me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's the same show, I think. I've never seen Power, <laughs> so I'm not going to go along with that joke. I have no idea. We had Danny Temberall, um, was Tommy from Pete and Pete. T- uh, Tamborelli. Danny T- Tamborelli, who played Tommy. These are my notes here. I apologize for that. But he was also Pete. From the adventures of Pete and Pete. I thought I okay, yeah, it's yes, okay, all right. Why don't you why don't you take the rest of it here? Go ahead. Well, sorry. So we have uh, Marguerite Moreau, uh, who is Connie, of course, who plays a love interest in this to to Guy Germain, uh, but but also started uh, Wet Hot American Summer. She was the vixen in that actually. Mm. Went on to have a pretty good acting career. A lot of kind of spot things like we would we would say a lot about these actors. Uh, Aaron Schwartz, who played Dave Carp. Uh, I believe he was only in the first one. I don't believe he was in D2, The Muddy Ducks. Uh, but he was, of course, the star of Heavyweights and then went on to lose a bunch of weight. He's kind of a stud now. Uh, had had a little bit of a run on Gossip Girl, Law & Order, NCIS, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Adams from Jess- Jesse Hall, who we already mentioned. Uh, he played in The Sandlot, and he had a pretty good run. Uh, he was in the Sandlot, then Mighty Ducks 1, Mighty Ducks 2. That's a pretty good run for a child actor, I would yeah. say. Danunez, absolutely. That kid threw smoke, and he had the Kansas City Monarchs hat too. Satchel Page throwback. He was one of my favorite favorite in uh, favorites in that movie for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then and then we have uh, Matt Doherty, who was I think one a lot of kids' favorites throughout this series. He played the role of Averman, uh, which I always thought it was Averman, but it's with mm. a V. Averman. That's that's a little interesting there. But he was in Home Alone. He was one of the uh, cousins in Home Alone, uh, and he oh. was also in So I Married an Axe Murderer. And then D two the Mighty Ducks as well. So he also had like a pretty good child star run uh, in the late late to mid nineties there. So Connie, because I I looked I remembered her as a kid, and I was like I remember I think I had a crush on her as a kid, and I see her now. It's like well she looks she or now or at least when she got older, and it's like oh she looked yeah she looked good yeah yeah she she was uh, throwing some heat at Wet Hot American Summer for sure. So the one that you didn't mention that I'm most stunned by, and I think is the most important to touch on in all of this, is Fulton Reed is now right. fucking Nelson. So yeah. either – actually, no. So I'm going I'm to take this a step th- further. So everybody knows Foggy Nelson is from Daredevil. So this means not only is Mighty Ducks – in, in the dare in the um, was it the Marvel Netflix universe, but right. this also means that the Sandlot is part of the Marvel Netflix universe too, because Kenny DeNunez and Benny the Jet Rodriguez are in these movies under different names as well. Oh uh, well, it's not Benny the Jet Rodriguez. In the second movie, it is. Oh, Luis, yeah, yes. yeah, yes. absolutely right. Yeah, that's a good point. Ah, uh, wow. I, I we love a good shared universe here in the, the hashtag dork shared universe. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I, anytime you can point that out, it's great. But now let's put the pleasantries to the side. 
Uh, let's put our friendship on pause for a moment and uh, let's get down right to it. Okay. Um, let's start with the first one, which, which had the better storyline here. I don't even think that, okay, this is a weird spot, weird place for you to start because I think this, I think the mighty ducks original movie by far has the better storyline because it's about redemption. It's about growth. You see this guy who's doing well, he's thriving in his business. He's working really hard too. I get that he may, you know, kind of cheat the system a little bit, or whatever, but he's working his ass off to move up the ranks in his business. And then, yeah, he gets frustrated and he makes a mistake. Who hasn't done that in their life? Maybe not the mistake that Gordon Bombay did, but then he goes and meets these kids and learns there's so much more to life and he can move on and put some, some things that have been bugging him for years behind him. So I think we learn so much more about these kids and we see them go through so much more along with Gordon Bombay um, in the Mighty Ducks. So I don't understand how this, it's about, you know, it's about hometown too. Who doesn't love a good hometown story? It's not just comeback. It's about, you know, being part of your community again and making it better and helping others that are, that were in the same position as you as a kid. You know, what's the only thing better than a great hometown story? A story about America, goddammit. This this is what D2 the Muddy Ducks brings. It says, you know what? For everyone who uh, played pond hockey in Minnesota in the land of 10,000 lakes, uh, you know, growing up, who uh, maybe had a Canadian friend or two or, you know, an, an older uh, gentleman who sharpened skates on the side for everybody like Hans, there is people who just love America, who are just, just throwing me anything. 1980, Lake Placid. Greatest game ever played, USA Russia. That's okay. what that's what they're building off of here. The first movie, The Mighty Ducks, is essentially the bad news news bears on skates. I've heard that story before. Wait a minute. But you have you have this team that okay. just this ragtag group of kids who won up and won a state title in Minnesota suddenly get picked as a team to go represent the country in the junior goodwill games. And then you add in a little bit of flavor from all over the country. And not only that, when this team stumbles, much like Rocky three, they go to California to learn, to refine themselves, to find a little bit of swag, much like Rocky, when he went to go uh, train with Apollo Creed, so he could go beat um, Clubber Lang. They went okay. and go found uh, what's his name? Uh, Cal Cal Mitchell there. No, right. no, Keenan Thompson, excuse me. Tyler, uh, I think is the name. Yeah, Tyler. And he goes uh, and teaches them the knuckle puck. His older brother teaches them how to play, how to fight, how to play with a little bit of passion. And then on top of all of that, you have corporate Gom Gordon Bombay. I almost said Gombay right there. Corporate Gordon Bombay playing the villain role uh, against a wolf, the dentist, Stanson. Mm -hmm. He's like trying to become him, and then he has to defeat him to realize that he's better than him. It's a fantastic storyline. So basically, flawless. so you have the okay. So wait a minute. So I didn't I even think about, I just threw a lot at you. Then. No, but I, I didn't even think about how you. So you incorporate Rocky three in this. I looked at it and said, okay, well, it steals totally. It like rips off the whole miracle story. And then honestly, at the end of it, West, when you, we're going to talk about it's the villain type homage. thing, it's not ripping off. Well, it kind of rips off Rocky four too. If you think about it too, basically you have a knockoff Ivan Drago in this movie. Who's from Iceland, which we've seen as, for those who don't remember from the, um, Eurovision. the Eurovision, 
the Icelandic people are very nice people. So that whole sham with this guy is with Wolf is total bullshit. So they fabricate that whole thing, not accurate representation of the Icelandic people at all, which oh, I think is offensive. And then they try and turn him into Ivan Drago. Total bullshit. So you're going to go and say this is the bad news bears. You know, it's a story about America. I think a story about America is about, you know, small town America, inner city America. It's about the the, the people in communities working together in, in building something special and something me and memories, memories, Wes. And I get you get a special memory, but this is a, they're going to remember being ducks. Remember, Charlie was all about being the ducks. That's what they were in the end, being the ducks, not Team USA. And they were the ducks. They became the ducks in the first movie. Yes, but they're all from Minnesota from the Twin City area. You know, mm -hmm. this is the Team USA has representation from all over. You got Luis Mendoza down from Miami. You have Julie the Cat Gavney from Bangor, Maine. Oh, you know, you have Tyler from California. You got uh, Dwayne Robertson from Dallas. You know, you have, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Portman, Dean Portman from Chicago. You mm -hmm. know, you get the, you got Woo Woo Kenny Woo, a figure skater in there, a better figure skater than what was represented uh, by the girl in uh, the first movie, Tammy. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, so, a way better figure skater, in my opinion. Um, and, I, think so I think I think the representation is is well well covered. I think Tammy. Uh, I, I was because I was looking up something why she wasn't in the second movie, and I think it was because the actress couldn't actually skate. So I think they just decided to <laughs> That's not. Tough. Yeah, but you know what? Like the cat. Not get. I know she had her moment at the end, and she you know you'll get your chance to uh, show up what you're made of or whatever. I mean, yeah, she had that awesome. It's an awesome save, but that's it. I'm sitting there watching. I mean, I mean, as a kid, it's like, when's she gonna get her shot? When's she gonna get her shot? She's definitely better than Goldberg. I mean, they wouldn't have had run into those issues if they had Cat and Goal. So that's another point of frustration in that movie for me too. Goldberg's funny and all, in the team clown and yada yada yada, but you just Cat gets no shot in this. He's standing. He's standing on his head. Well, wait, or he's hot. Well, wait a minute. What happened when he started struggling? Where'd you, why didn't you put Cat in at that point? I mean, Goldberg was a good sport about it when she got her shots. Yeah, you know, it's it's a tough it's a tough thing to follow. I mean, if you're a Bruins fan, you know, I think up until recently, that's the debate that you have uh, between Tuka Rask and Euro Halak. There, you I know, mean, Euro Halak is more than capable, and at times probably outperformed Tuka Rask throughout the course of the season over the last two years or so. But yeah, it's his job to lose, and until he loses it. Um, yeah, you got to ride with them. Yeah, I would argue that that. that but Goldberg I agree, though. Julie, Julie the Cat Gaffney was the better of the two prospects. You could argue that that uh, Goldberg was him and, and uh, Rask were almost like kindred spirits, kindred spirits in a way, because how Goldberg's always ready to come out when he's getting when they are going against a tough team, <laughs> and how he was scared at first and everything. But we're we're getting off the rails. So better storyline. I mean, best storyline. We know that I won that one. Let's move on to better team. Yes. Why you lead us off here, Wes? Well, again, so this touched on already what I talked to, uh, what we're talking about with the representation. You have a real uh, puck artist, if you will, uh, someone who's a real showman and crafty with his hands with Dwayne Robertson. You have a, a better complimentary uh, goon than, than Fulton Reed in uh, Dean Portman, who I, I think Fulton at least has the slap shot. Dean Portman's there just to muddy things up, I think. He's just there much. As, as, as a strict enforcer, a Sean Thornton, if you will. Um, again, you, you have it's reserves all the way around, right? You have a better Charlie Conway. Uh, you have you have um, Banks there, who again, who's who's kind of in and out, but because uh, he has the, the whole wrist injury throughout, right. it. But he's a far better player than where he was. Again, it's just the evolution of these kids as they get older and they're playing at uh, more together and playing more games more often. Their their skills only going to rise up. 
-hmm. And then again, I would also throw in, um, you know, Tyler with the knuckle puck, he brings a, a complete X factor there that no one could really account for. Um, so I, I think this team is deep. I think this team's loaded. Um, and, and the pieces together with the continuity of not having to build up and find out who each other are, like you do in the first one, as a leg up to this team. So when you, when I think we both have different definitions of, of better team here. Yours on paper, absolutely better. But so are the 20, what, 18, 19 Celtics, right? They were great on paper, but what did they do? Nothing. Now, I understand your team. Well, they won. They, they won the junior goodwill games. I'm aware that your team won that. That's impressive and all that. That's good and well. But my team from the first Mighty Ducks movie, they came from nothing. They got their coach, and then they came together as a team, and they were a unit. They were a family. That's why they were hurt when they heard what Gordon had to say to Coach Riley. Of course, the kids didn't understand sarcasm all that well. Whatever happens, you know, mistakes and whatever. They, But they were able to overcome that. And very quickly too, and then come back together and bounce right back. And they had each other's back from from once they became that unit. They had each other's back when Riley took out um, one of the top players on the Hawks after he knocked down. I think it was Tammy that he knocked that they knocked down. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. So he, he right away, no thought about it. And there's no like romantic angle to that whatsoever. He saw her get taken out. It's this girl who who's you know gets his cheap shot. He's like, that's my teammate. That's my quarterback. And I'm going to take. I'm taking that guy out right away. No questions asked. Your team is so skilled and everything. And oh, we have this great opportunity. But then they all like lose their shit and they freak out and they have all. There's a lot of chemistry issues. I don't think this ducks. My ducks team would have had those problems if they were given the same opportunity in that movie at the end. You mentioned opportunities. I want to bring up some of the rulings in this uh, Minnesota Pee Wee Hockey League because this team was essentially like 1-9-1 and one on the season mm. and still qualified for the playoffs. Play one game and then suddenly go to meet the uh, Coach Riley and the Hawks in the championship final for the state. You know, I, I'm just a little curious about how this bracket is made up and what the qualifications are for this Pee Wee hockey team. Um, so if they're, you know, it, they, they hadn't won a game. And in fact, I believe it was Connie who was making note of like them actually scoring goals in specific games that they lost because mm -hmm. those goals came so few and far between. You know, okay. it, it was a, it was a real sad ragtag group of people here. Do they have heart? Sure. But they balls. also have some some fat on the team. That's all. That's not there for D2. Peter, Peter, that, that little like rough guy who I think imagine he like grew up to like boost cars somewhere. He always had like the leather jacket with like the, uh, the, the flannel tied up like around his waist sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Like he, he was a kind of like the Italian guy. He's yep. gone. Dave Carp, who's a, the star of heavyweights. He's gone. I don't think he really brought a whole lot to the team. Uh, the, <sighs> Tammy and Tommy, uh, they didn't bring a whole lot to the team. That's all trim fat. And who do they bring in? They're bringing you know, the fastest guy from the South and the quickest hands in the West and uh, Luis Mendoza and Dave, Dwayne Robertson there. I like the way you showed that at the end. Here. The fastest guy in the South and quickest hands in the West. That's good. That's well done. I'm, I'm going to give you that. I'll change so your mind. And you didn't, oh, 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 you didn't change my mind. You just sold that really well. I'm still taking my team because they're a family. And families beat talent all day for sure all right most memorable moment wes yeah so this is a tough one and maybe we can kind of help each other out with whittling some uh some choices down i don't know if you have a couple that come to mind well but i mean for for me i have the bar mitzvah for uh goldberg when they tie him up to the goalposts and then they just sure. fire pucks at him left and right 
Um, and then I would say and the other one that kind of, I mean, I know that the, I think it's a pretty memorable moment when, when Gordon drives out onto the ice, but I don't mm-hmm. think that stands out in the same capacity, but it's definitely an image that you remember, but the flying V when we first see that too, the first I think, one, I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah. I think that's a pretty big deal too for you. I think when we first see the Bash Brothers, that's one that that kind of sticks out. I think for everybody the most when you're talking about D two. Yeah, I think I think that one. I think a great memorable moment um, is when they're regathering the whole gang uh, with the duck collar, and they're everyone's on their rollerblades, and it's like coming back from summer vacation, and it's like mm-hmm. a, you know, kind of like this. This might fall under uh, another question that we have, but I that's think I have, I have another answer for that as well. I'm not sure if this really is like a montage, so to speak. Uh, but that's that's a great. I think when they come back out, of course, uh, you know, with the new uh, USA Ducks jerseys after having that big speech and you know in the second period uh, in the locker room, and it's the roosters are crowing and the 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 cows are stirring and the pasture ducks fly together and that whole thing. So that's great. You got Hans back out there. I think the shootout is a great moment, and you have uh, you know uh, uh, the wolf dancing there. Uh, telling Gunner Stahl, you know, you lost it for me, Gunner. Just know you lost it for yourself. Let's go yeah. shake their hands. And they go and they have that that nice moment between Gunner Stahl and, and Charlie Conway. Good work, Captain Duck. You know, like all these me- memorable moments uh, that I think come come to mind with that. And I've, I also think picking up uh, Tyler and playing street hockey out in South Central LA, although that's like, I'm not sure that's the sport of choice, you know, uh, in LA. Yeah. In that, I tend to think, yeah. yeah, I tend to think that's, that's not the case, but it's a kid's movie. Who gives a shit, right? I'm probably going with the bar mitzvah for me for Goldberg, because I, I mean, at that point too, he goes and turns and it's like, Oh my God, I can actually play goal. It doesn't really hurt and everything. So, so I think, I think you're going, thinking about this the wrong way. The memorable moment for me, I think from that movie is, uh, Emilio Estevez going into Mr. Duckworth's office and mm. doing quack, yes, quack, 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 Mr. Duckworth, quack, 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 Mr. Duckworth. And like the whole time, like yeah. I would love a counter on how many times each movie said quack. Oh, that's a good call. What's higher, the amount of quacks said in the all the Mighty Ducks movies or John Wick's kill count between his first three movies? I don't know. I think when you go back and like you hear the chants of a quack from the crowd and stuff, mm. like, I think that I think that's going to be a higher number. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, that 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 one's a good one too. Of course, I, I totally overlooked that one, but. All right. Well, you can go either way. If you like the if you like the quack 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 moment more from with Mr. Duckworth when he gets when Gordon gets fired, or if you like um, the bar mitzvah one, either way, I think I have two really solid ones right there. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think I think I'm going to go with uh, the shootout, the shootout moment. Okay. Yeah. I All think right. That's it for me. This one's the easiest one for me. I think is a clean. This is an easy sweep for me. The best romance, of course, Charlie's mother and and uh, and Gordon Bombay, you know, fall for each other. And she's a woman who's dealt with, who's been in relationships before, but is no longer with her husband. Yeah. And having a kid makes things more challenging for her in terms of um, having a relationship and having it go farther along. Where you, and then we, I'm sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, well, no, it's okay. Well, so, I. I Go ahead. Please, please. No, no, no. You go, you go please, at this point. You've, so, okay, you've so my I, momentum. I think at this point you're making the wrong choice. That and I'm trying this is me trying to extend an olive branch to you. I think the choice that you should be going with is Connie and Guy Germain. You they think have so? their moment on the ice when they're skating around, you know, at, at, you know, right before the playoffs start, they're holding hands, they're at you know right, the Minnesota North Star game. Right. They kiss at the end. 
they're holding hands in the stands at the Minnesota North Stars games. Like it's a really cute romance that actually blossoms even further in D2. Right. It does blossom even further in D2, but I think in the in if we're just looking at the Mighty Ducks, the first movie, I'm not worried about your movie in terms of the, the, what goes on in mine. I'm I think that that relationship and seeing what how Gordon handles that situation and how he assures Charlie's mother that his intentions are pure and all this and whatever and he like he cares about her kid and whatnot. To me, I think that's that's his. It's a great message, I think, and I think that's important for all kids to kind of see. I don't know. Now, you don't think it's a little weird that Charlie is like kind of pimping out his mother onto Gordon Bombay? We've seen that in, in other, I think, in other movies before, where the kid gets excited because he likes the guy, and then it's like, you know, I want to have him around the house more, and you know, he he's nice, so mom, you know, he's nice. Why not give him a shot? Whatever. No, it doesn't bother bother me at all. As a cod who grew up in a uh, single parent household where my brother was already moved out out of the house, so it was really just uh, her and I. I was always very. I didn't like any guy that she brought around. I would actually be a jerk um, to that to these guys. Okay. Because in my mind, no one was ever good enough for my mother. Well, that's okay. Well, no, I I would think that's like kind of more the general consensus, more so than like, please date my mom. Well, like maybe that, that's, that's, that's kind of creepy. That's, well, then that's maybe why they I think were it's a tough romance. Maybe for that situation, they're trying to say, you know, your mom is. I don't know. I'm not a cod, so I'm not going to go and try and put myself in your shoes. I'm just going to dig myself. You can't grave, tell but... me about my shared experiences. This is my life story, my truth. Yeah, yeah, that's all you. You you can no, take that I'm one. I'm, I'm just kidding. But um, you yours barely had it, a romance. Jeez. But it doesn't last. Right, so Gordon Bombay and uh, Charlie's mother doesn't last because in D two, the Mighty that's Ducks, D2. she's not even in the movie. That's D two. That's not D one. Not worried about. I mean, D two. So mean, that's how, a, how could it be a good romance? Is what I mean. I mean, Guy and Connie, you know, they they last. That's probably the best romance in the entire movie, to be honest with you, because I believe that even goes into D three. Well, that's fine. If you want to, if you like, okay, again, if you like that one, then you can take that one. I think for my movie, because we're arguing about our movies, not the entire story. My movie, I thought that romance was better. I thought I, I that, that's all. When you in, when we talk about yours, you it, Charlie's mom has already gone off and gotten married. He's only been away for a friggin' year. He goes and dates that Icelandic chick, traitor, and then it, I guess it didn't work out in the end. And then he goes and dates the tutor. After no. or, or or doesn't really date the tutor. He just gives her the, the, the kiss on the cheek after she is coached and stood in for him or whatever. Well, You're going to go with okay, Connie's so that, romance, though. That's assuming – well, I was thinking Connie and Guy. Um, I, I think that's Gordon Bombay, corporate Bombay, doing a great job of using some of that swag that he has to pull the Icelandic trainer because uh, he's out kicking his coverage big time there. Yep. But I think I, I might go a different route here. I think the best romance is a bromance. Um, I think it's the Bash Brothers between uh, Fulton Reed and uh, Dean Portman there. I think that's a, a great um, display of, of male companionship. Um, and, and I think, you know, it comes out in a very masculine way, but uh, it's, it's also, you know, very seductive and feminine in some ways. Oh, is it now? Okay. It, it could be interpreted as such. Hmm. All right, then. I didn't, I guess I didn't ever thought about it that way as a kid. I just thought oh, it as a their best buds that's all so yeah bromance sure yeah, whatever fine all right it's right you're gonna want you're gonna go i guess we you got no other real romances in this you may as well take that route all right well that you, know, bring, you, you don't have to be rude that's uh <laughs> i don't have to be you're right um better <laughs> pro hockey cameos wes 
Yeah, so this one is kind of is is kind of tough because he's at you know if we're just sticking to hockey here, right? So we have the great one Wayne Gretzky who comes in and uh, gives a little pregame speech for everything. You got you know a local a uh, little local favorite there with Cam Neely. Right. Uh, you got Chris Chelios. You got Luke Robitaille in there for hockey players, but you also get you know Christy Yamaguchi, uh, Greg Luganis, uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar's in there. You know a lot of a lot of good you know. Gordon Bombay, corporate Bombay, rubbing elbows. Yeah, I mean, he like yours. This is a, this is a category that you may or may not have picked out, and I may have no. <laughs> it's a tough one for me because I have McCray, and then I have Mike Madano, which you know, look, I mean, Mike Madano is a stud, but I I didn't know Basil McCray. I mean, I'm not a big hockey guy, but I knew who Mike Madano was, and he's a freaking stud, and I know he got a he got a cup in '99, I think it was '98, '99, um, with the Stars. But that's, I mean, that's one where you're not getting those ca- those it's those cameos if it's not for the success of the first movie. But I can't really use that as a knock against you. That's not entirely fair. So if you like Mike Madonna more, then you vote for my team. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah. No, baseball. I hear you. You know, do you think Gordon Bombay took Mike Madonna up on that offer to go play minor league hockey? Like, do you think like M- Mike Madonna? Of course he did. How else did he get that tryout? How That's what I'm he, thinking. How- like, yeah, but they don't really reference it that. And yeah. uh, like, right, he's already coming back, and like Gordon Bombay's like walking with a cane, and he's like 34. He's like a hobbled. Well, he got he got smoked. He got smoked in them in the at the beginning of the movie when he's yeah, but going. They give him the like an old man cane or something. Like I know it's 94, but they got to have something better than that, right? I I guess I guess they could probably have something better than that, but. Yeah, I, I, but he definitely took up Basil McRae on that. And that's, I do want to touch on that because uh, like a, a little bit later, once we get done with our categories, because I think there are some, some messages in this movie that are important for people to have an understanding of, um, especially when it comes to your movie that I don't, I, I think, you know, when this is a kid's movie and we want to just, I just want to address a couple things at the end, but let's hop over to the, the wow. now there were two categories that I looked at and said, mm, Wes might win these. And it was pro, the pro hockey cameos. Again, I mean, when you have Wayne Gretzky, that's the best hockey cameo you can get. It's him, Bobby Orr. So a better montage is the other one. I think you had some pretty good ones in here. I had some as well, but I like. I think I like yours more, especially the one at the beginning. Well, the one in the beginning, that was where my first thought when they're gathering everyone back up. But that's, I think, the most up there for the most memorable moments for me. So not to borrow, you know, two things from the same category here. It's fair. Um, I'm going to go with uh, the We Will Rock You music montage mm. when Team USA is out there and they're finally coming back. And I th- This is when they're in the Ducks jersey, I believe. Uh, and, and they start really kind of, you know, putting some force, throwing their weight into uh, team Iceland who were just like roughed him up for so long. And I think that really gets my, you know, gets him going. I get jacked up for that yeah, part. And I, as someone who never played hockey, who doesn't know how to skate, like that movie made me want to go out yeah. and at least try to maybe, maybe bring the milk crates out with me for some support, but you know, at least <laughs> like go out there. Okay. Um, with, with the, the first one, there's obviously the training montage and that's at, that involves the bar mitzvah and all of it. But I mean, there's also when they're they're coming back against the Hawks. I think is is also good too, and so I mean I I go with one of those two. But I don't know. I like the real. I like those two that you mentioned more honestly. So, I'm, but I'm I'm willing to concede those two. We have so many okay. other categories. Okay, I like that. All right, then I, this is one where I think I win easily. Better opposing team and uh, villain. 
again, your guys are watered down Ivan Drago is what it comes down to. The guy's name is Wolf the Dentist Stanson. That Tell me that is not one of the greatest villain names of all time. I mean, it's a good one, but Ivan Drago, I will break him. I mean, your guy, again, is it's that from Iceland, so it's not realistic. And, I mean, Drago would murder your guy. Literally yeah, would murder your guy. talking about Drago, though. I'm just saying, but he's that's who he's copying. Yeah, you brought up before how I copy the Bad News Bears. What Coach do you, what Riley do you, is, is a hack. Coach Riley is, I think, uh, uh, somebody that most kids can say they dealt with at some point in their lives, a coach or or an adult who left a lasting, lasting impression on them because they were an asshole. And then you and then for, for this guy to get his chance to fight to go back at him. So for adults, they may appreciate that character more than they appreciate Drago. So, I mean, because there's got to be stuff for parents in there too. And Riley's is that guy. And you know what? They probably have coaches like that that they coach against in their Pee Wee, Pop Warner, Little Leagues. So you're so, saying yeah. the the compelling argument for Coach Riley is that he was an asshole coach who was hard on his players that uh, all athletes to some degree could relate to. I think you also just described Wolf the Dentist Stanton, but his name is Wolf the Dentist Stanton. Oh, but okay. So oh, so then oh, so your guy's a copycat version of my guy. No, he's a better stronger. he's a better version of it because he's, again, he's not he's he's not only a villain. You see him playing against. Uh, Gordon Bombay in that three-bar drill. He blows up the beach ball, which, again, very intimidating when he's got the hockey gloves like that. that that's mm. yeah, pretty good forearm strength, in my opinion. Um, so he, And he hits him on the bad knees. So you get that villain right there. Then you already know he's the coach of the biggest and baddest team, and he does the same thing that Coach Riley does, but he does it with a European accent, which makes him a better villain. Yeah, but Riley also does that thing with a collar that pisses you off every freaking yeah, time. Yeah, that is a pretty douchey move. That, mm-hmm. That's a pretty he's, I mean, move. I mean, at least with at least with Wolf, he's he is a, a former professional hockey player and he's coaching a national team. All right, so you can be a little bit of an asshole. This guy's just a a, a little league jackass who thinks he's awesome, and he's it's like, what are you doing, dude? You've been yeah, you've been coaching this pee wee team forever. That's it. That is it. So yeah, so I think after the game, so you, could go out, you could go out and kick Coach Riley's ass. I think Wolf the Dentist Stanton would be able to, uh, you know, defend himself a little bit more. You know, I'm not sure if you'd be as willing to, uh, you know, fly off the cuff and kind of run your mouth to him as you would to Coach Riley. Well, I'm not afraid of either one of them, but <laughs> either way, better Good jerseys. Job. My argument here is I don't see them selling those the D2 jerseys in Olympia sports, but I'm pretty sure I've seen the original mighty ducks ones in there. Yeah. And that's good. And those are nice with that, that kind of like Miami hurricane, uh, duck, you yes. know, kind of like the same similar type of duck there. Uh, but I, I think those are great, but those are also because you see like the Forrest Gump jerseys and the Jackie moon jerseys and the, uh, uh, what, what am I thinking of? Uh, Vaughn, uh, from, uh, uh, uh dodgeball major league. Major oh, league oh, there. Um, yeah, Vaughn, uh, 99, Charlie Sheen. Yeah, yeah, Charlie Sheen. Uh, yes. So, so you those jerseys and stuff, but the actual ones were used by the Mighty Ducks in the NHL. I mean, they were adopted there. And who didn't love the the duck build face on the goalie mask there? Like, I think that's like that's such a great yeah. look. And you also have two to choose from because the Team USA ones are pretty sharp as well. If I had to choose one, I, I would stick with the, uh, you know, the white purple and, and teal um you know anaheim ducks uh jerseys there but like 
I, I really like that bill. I, I had those hats. You remember like those, uh, they're like starter shirts. Yeah. And it looked like the mascot was like jumping through the front and you could see mm -hmm. the back end on the back of the shirt. Like right. I had all those types of hats. I had all that type of merch from, from Muddy Ducks solely because of this movie, because I wasn't a hockey guy. Still, right. still not. So wasn't okay. You saying that the the team adopted the uniforms that they had in the Disney movie, but I I'm, believe that was case. I'm pretty sure it's the other way around because the movie came out in '94 and the the team was founded in '93, and I think those are their that that logo at least was their first logo. Maybe they they took the white okay. and then and, and and incorporated that later, but that logo. I believe was the first Anaheim Ducks logo. When they it were was the used. Yeah, it was yeah. used by uh, yeah. the NHL team. So, this okay. is smart marketing is what it comes down to. Yeah, synergy, whatever, all, all that jazz. But either way, mine now is like a is like a cool specialty item that you see at a store. You can get that, and you can get Jackie Moon, and then you can get uh, Bobby Boucher too. I mean, who doesn't want to have those? Right. And are you a um, are you a, a hockey jersey guy? Are you a jersey guy in general? Okay. First of all, there I, I you know what I left it at jerseys and I and shame on me because I'm the more hockey per oriented person of the two of us even though I'm not at all. Yeah, they're they're, hockey, uh, they're yeah. better sweaters, better hockey sweaters is really what it's supposed to be called. And I do like those. I think they're pretty sick. I, I have them, um, but I only have a Zidane O'Chara one from the Winter Classic. I think in I want to say it was 16. I could be off on the year. No, it was before that. It was it was 13 or 12. I got it in college, and then I have um. I have a Sacred Heart one too. I would have gotten a Northwest one, but we didn't have a hockey team, which I was stunned by. Chicago's wow. Big Ten team doesn't yeah. have a hockey team. How the hell does that happen? I would have gone to those games all the time. That was that was brutal. Yeah, it's a shame. All right, so with that brings us to which the last category you have. I have one more that I've added on to this. Which bad Gordon Bombay was better? Yeah, I mean, to me, the corporate Bombay is where it's at. You know, he goes with the slick back hair. He's going for all the advertisements. He's, he's got the photo shoot with the hair blown back. Tibbets is all up his ass, fire, like making him seem like he's hot shit. And then he, he ends up losing touch of the team. He ends up becoming the very villain that he is trying to defeat. And, and you know, the dentist stance in there. Mm -hmm. uh, so you know, I think that's great. You have this great message where he's outside of, you know, the L.A. Coliseum or wherever the arena is. And uh, he has, he's like, this is a distraction. And he's got the, uh, you know, cardboard cutout of him in the suit with corporate Bombay. And uh, he's like, and this is a distraction and a fire in a barrel. And he throws it and lights it on fire. And that's like him killing off corporate Bombay. He gets referred to as Captain Blood by Averman. Uh, so I think that's great. Uh, I think that's something that I use quite often. Ah, uh, yes, the return of Captain Blood. Uh, that's a line that I use quite often in, in everyday conversation. Hmm. Uh, so I think, uh, I think give me corporate Bombay. Okay. Well, now when you say we, we, when you wrote this or sent this to me originally, I looked at it as which bad Gordon Bombay was better. I thought you were trying to say like that he was, it was bad acting by Emilio Estevez. Oh, so oh, I mean, it kind of was all the way around, but like, which was right. like the bigger asshole Gordon Bombay? Because he is that he, he's like redeems himself twice in this okay video. well I mean, for all the bad stuff that corporate bombay does it, could you think of a more douchey move than to say hey drive the limo out onto the ice where all my scrubs are playing pond hockey right now it doesn't get worse than that and then he has the balls to go up to charlie's mom when she's freaking out and saying like oh i know the ice it's fine like i know when you can drive a car and blah 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 all this crap 
No way, man. And then he's freaking out on the kids, telling them to play dirty, and he's just getting all pissed at them when he hasn't yeah. coached them a lick yet. He was a dink. And that's why that that's why one of the reasons one of the main reasons why this movie was so much better too. I mean, because my next thing is is better message. I'm just gonna kind of flow right into that if you don't mind. Yeah, go for I it. For mine, first of all, you're, this is all about growth. It's about growth, and then and then unity and coming together. Because you also have to deal with acceptance when Banks co- joined your team. You, the kids have to deal with accepting this corporate. Well, I'm sorry, not corporate. That's your guy. This attorney <laughs> into their group because they're all friends still, and allow him to coach them and mold them. And and I think that's huge. And then for for Bombay, what we see with him is. He learns that, like I said, at the start of this argument, he learns there is more to life. There's things, there's family, friends, um, you can enjoy shit. And then he's able to face on his fears, his regrets, his frustrations from when he was a kid and, and become something more and more dynamic. And then he gets that opportunity. He By doing all that, by being a good person and evolving, he gets this great opportunity to go play in minor league hockey, which brings which would bring me to certain things that I do want to address with yours, but I will allow you to, to – rebut that no I, i'm just gonna say ditto oh. everything that you just said applies oh. to d2 the mighty die it's the same the, the message is the same no it's, it's about, not the same he about, falls back in all this stuff no it's not the same it's about coming together right uh uh accepting things that you cannot change suddenly the rosters are deeper you're facing tougher talent uh you may not get the same playing time that you used to uh, you're, you're on top and now you're, you're at the top and you realize that what you used to do is not going to fly it anymore. You have to reinvent yourself. You have to reapply yourself and you have to, uh, approach it like you were like, as if you were still hungry, Rocky three, um, and, and to defeat this, uh, you know, new opponent, new enemy. Okay. All right. So I think there's some slight differences in there. Um, it's, but it's all essentially the same now. It's like okay. the message I would say is, is that that's a wash to me now. All right, fine. So there, but there are some dangerous parts about D2 that I think got ignored and all, and, and people watching this growing up as kids and everything. First of all, so Bombay gets his shot at playing in the minors. That's a cool, nice thing, whatever at the end of, at the end of my movie. But then with your movie, he's been in there for one season. He's getting a shot and like a legitimate shot. Mine was just a tryout, which, okay, whatever, fine. Every, I mean, look, I've tried out for, for pro teams and, and, and honestly, well, pre-COVID or pre-Gobert, excuse me, everybody could kind of do that. And because there's these open tryouts and whatever. Mm-hmm. By him being close to being a top dog in the minors and close like one step away from the NHL, that sets a ridiculous precedent for kids where it's like you can step away, you can have all this talent in the world at what peewee levels so he was what not he looked like he was at most nine years old when that traumatic experience happened so he's nine years old and then he steps away from the game somehow mccray remembers him from when they were kids and i think mccray's canadian just throwing that out there i don't know how the hell he knew who he was but <laughs> it, all that's going on and then he goes into this next movie and he hasn't played for years and now he's almost in the nhl it's an insult to the nhl and then it sends the wrong message to the kids so that's dangerous i think that you i think that you think it's dangerous yes i do and then here's oh here's another one you too think children are in danger because gordon bombay had a meteoric rise through the ahl in direct danger no but i think in the long haul they they get them it's misunderstood and i think you know look don't get me wrong parents gotta teach their kids and everything like that but they're not helping them there and then talking about parents we have hans is gone in your movie when we get his brother jan and then his brother jan says how his mother loved hans more kids don't need to know that parents pick favorites 
They, they find that out when they get they, older. Don't tell they them know, they're young. They know from an early age. Kids you know are what? dumb. You know what? My brother and I never knew that, and I still don't think – I still couldn't tell you who our favorites are, but it's messed up – or who our parents' favorites are, but that's messed up that you're telling kids that at a young age, that that's actually a thing. So that's well, awful. How about how about just allowing a drunk DUI defense lawyer just coach some random kids? It, it you know, that's, you know, that, that's actually dangerous. Like, it worked out in the end, and he wasn't driving what anymore. You said mm-hmm. it's but, a first but, offense, though. Yeah, but he but he should have lost his license. That was his first DUI, but he has had multiple driving offenses. He has. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. The moving violation rate was like ten or twelve or yeah. something to that effect. But if it's the first DUI, guess what? He he got punished. He, his license was suspended, and he had to go and do five hundred hours of community service. That's no small feat, Wes. You oh, want to no, do that? I, I agree. But you know, let's let's be honest here. Uh, that was the first time he was caught drinking and driving. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably not the first time that he was doing that. That that could be true, but the kids don't know that in this movie. The kids you, get a, you get a clean Gordon Bombay in, in D2, the Mighty Ducks. You, you you have him coming off a run where he was a peak physical athlete, not a booze hound defense lawyer. <laughs> Boo, booze hound. <laughs> um, actually, you know what? Speaking of Gordon, too, this this whole thing in, in your movie um, where they ask, what is it? what's the – oh, my God. What's the merchandise guy's name? Hendrix. Okay. Yeah. Where yeah, or that Tibbetts. guy Tibbetts is his name. Tibbetts, right? And he works for Hendricks. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He goes and and tells Gordon that you know, oh, you're going to coach Pee Wee hockey, and we're going to give you all this money, and you know, you're putting him on par with Pat Riley and Mike Ditka. Again, what what are we telling children? Like a Pee Wee hockey coach can be on the same level as these guys? That's just stupid. That's just nonsense too. And then the whole thing with Charlie's mom too. I don't want to overlook that. How she just it's been a year, Gordon. I just moved on from her or stopped, didn't stay in touch with her. And then she moved on and already got, went and got married. So everybody's lost. Those two lost their shit in your movie. Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, you want to talk about things that are unreal. I mean, the amount of coverage that a peewee youth hockey league uh, gets in the newspaper and a broadcast. I mean, the, the level of professionalism in the broadcast team uh, for, for this one in seven hockey team, that gets, front mm-hmm. page of America's number one hockey newspaper. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's th- Minnesota. Does it, it, that's an unreal expectation. Uh, if you, if you ask me, you know. I just don't, I don't think that's very good. At least with uh, the junior goodwill games, that, that's an international tournament that's being held. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a big event that takes a lot of planning. It's not some podunk Minneapolis uh, district five hockey tournament. Well, what about the bullshit nonsense that these kids who are playing again, like, you know, they're a step above peewee hockey. I don't know what that is. Again, Wes and I did not play hockey, but this idea that, Oh, now you're playing in the goodwill games, which I've never heard of in my life, whether or not they real, they're real. I don't know, but well, you it's get- probably like the pan, like the pan am or like the can am turn tournaments. Like, you know, like I remember having so many friends that would go up and play Canada or like go up and play at Lake Placid against like, other like-minded like Canadian teams. The most popular like amateur like kids event West in America is the Little League World Series, correct? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's the like we're not counting college sports. Like Little League World Series. Yeah. Do those kids ever I mean maybe they get put on a Wheaties box once in a while, maybe I don't know, but do they get action figures? Do they get put into video games? No, but now no, the kids are going to so- think that's going to happen because of D2 of the Mighty Ducks. But some of them turn into big stars. I mean, I still re- remember Danny Almonte's name. Uh, who was the Monet Monell, Davis? Monet Davis. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I Go mean, to. some of the, there was a, a essentially a TV show that was made a, about her. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like so some of the, I mean, if you do really well, it does captivate America at a time where there's no sports at all. And if you get mm-hmm. a good story like that, I mean, a hundred percent. How about how about you know when Barstool or like any of these other websites do you know like the fun lineup things like they do on ESPN? And you get that fat kid. He's like, my my name's and I just hit dingers. You know, like those yeah. they become like viral sensations. Like they right. are kind of propped up, and then you follow them because then you get someone like. Barry Bonds or something who comes up and then they become a major league player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, they sure that happens. But you, but as a kid, you're going to become an action. You're getting an action figure and become a, 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 a be on a video game. That is not fair. That is not a fair expectation to set for children. I'm going to rattle these three off because how about uh, Pablo uh, Pablo Francisco, whatever his name is there. Uh, Pablo from, Sanchez. Pablo Sanchez. Yeah. From backyard baseball, the made yeah. up character. Yeah, well, became, yeah, he's got a video. How, how do we know he's made up? Well, actually, he actually plays third base for the San Francisco Giants now. He used to play for the Red Sox. Oh, Still got geez. that gut. Yeah. Oh, boy. That's, All right, that's, so that's a low cu- blow. A couple other things. In D2, they, they basically take Benny the Jet Rodriguez and put him on skates. So that's not an original idea at all. Again, I talked about the whole Drago thing. That's not a dangerous thing, but that's just not original. Um, the skating drill that they did together where they have to move as one, that's dangerous because how, how do we know kids aren't going to stab each other with their skates when they fall down? Um, Sanderson got – or it, was it um, – one of the Bash Brothers got booted um, – no, wait a minute. One of the guys – on Iceland got booted. No, he got two minutes for trying to basically break Banks's arm. And yeah. that, right after two players from USA, it was Cat and one of the Bash brothers got booted. That's ridiculous. Um, so basically, if you use your stick and, and go and go after people like that. It's it's fine, but you try and two defend minutes. Your- well worth it. Yes, exactly. Um, and then um, I don't think there was one. Well, I, I would oh, say uh, the egg oh, the would never happen uh, on, on ice. That would never be allowed by any ice rink because uh, the amount of work to clean up all that yoke is just, I mean, mm. the Zamboni doesn't have that type of time. That probably would have been brutal. The lasso that's, thing that's was irresponsible. The lasso thing was ridiculous. And then my last point was, are you a fan of the wave or no? Um, yeah, yeah, I think it, it I don't think you are. It, <laughs> appropriately, I think I could do it. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. All right. Then I when won't I'm, when I'm drunk and it's a good time, I'm like, yeah, I'll do a wave. Yeah. All right. Fine. So I won't. So that's not a knock, I guess, in the end. Oh, I've said well, I've said my piece. Yeah, I think we'll give leave it up to the people here. I think I think this was good. This was healthy. This is a healthy debate. Needed to get a lot off of our chest. For sure. Cathartic. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's head over to the quarantine corner. West. What do you got for me? Yeah, so I've been uh, not a whole lot, you know. I've been watching The Last Man on Earth on Hulu, which I still hate the commercials with Hulu. I feel like they've even like upped their commercial time recently, so every every break is like ninety seconds at least. But that's a pretty good show. Will Forte, I think it's Lauren Lapkus is the the female lead in that. Uh, but I, I enjoy it's kind of a dark humor. I'm, I'm a big Will Forte fan. It kind of spins out like Last Man on Earth. You get the premise behind it. The second and third seasons. It, you know, he's not the last man on earth. Oh, they introduce more people because there's only so many things you can do right with like one or two people as on the show the whole time. So right. it kind of runs into its own issues just off the premise alone, but it's, it's a pretty good show. And I, I'm a big Will Forte fan. So I like that. Right. Okay. I, I, so how many seasons did it get? I don't know. I think may, maybe four. I'm uh, I think okay. I'm on it's season done, right? three right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I thought so. Um, uh, but I got an ongoing show that I finally decided to pick up on that everybody loves, especially in the hashtag Dork Shared Universe. Uh, the Boys. I finally ponied up and got Amazon Prime. 
and there were some other shows, Vikings, which I had watched. It was on Netflix for a while and then got taken mm-hmm. off. I, I thought I'd forgotten that it went over to Prime. So I was so pumped when I saw that. And it, it seems like there are some other good things over there too on Amazon Prime. So I'm excited to get into the boys and, and be ready when season two rolls around because everybody's going to want to be wanting to talk about that. And then um, one other thing too that I think we ha- – oh, actually, you know what I wanted to tell you because you're going to care about this. Um, mm. You know that obviously Lucy um, is a huge Office fan, and I, I get all yeah. from her almost as much as I do from you. And uh, I've finally cracked – I am finally starting The Office. I've watched – I'm starting really? from like the very beginning. Yeah, and sure. it's um, – oh, God, it's so awkward, Wes. So the, Michael Scott gets so much better though. Like the first season is kind of rough. It's like season two is when it really picks up. Because okay. it's just, it, it looks like it's shot different. I think the first episode is like a shot-for-shot shot remake of the British version. Uh, version, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Like Michael Scott just looks weird with his hairstyle. You know, like it, it's slick oh, back. He gets yeah. he gets like swagged up as the season goes on. Okay, all right, but it's. I mean, yeah. there's still there's still funny stuff. Of course, I do enjoy it. But uh, I also found out because I was watching some random stuff when I was was visiting my brother one time, and somehow we randomly watched dinner party and i had no idea it was the dinner party episode which is apparently mm-hmm. the most popular one of all time yeah right? it's up there yeah yeah so I, I didn't realize that when i had watched it but uh but yeah and then of course uh, as we mentioned before about the comedy cult classic episode that we did last week that was episode yes. 78 we obviously caught a lot of heat but i did want to mention that tommy boy one of my choices ended up winning the poll and i think happy gilmore was number two And one thing that i did find interesting Wes, is that we saw some people who were like well, you know, if anyone, if any of them are a comedy classic, Tommy Boy could be it. And then I saw the same thing about Hot Tub Time Machine. I was going to say, I didn't see it about Tommy Boy. I heard that about a Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah, yeah, I saw it from somebody else about Tom. I can't remember who I saw it from with Tommy Boy. It might have actually been Rossi, who went and ripped us a ton last episode of PCP. But, oh, you sure did, yeah. But, I mean, you know, it's like... I think we even got news dumped on too. I think I think we made the news dump. Yeah, I think that I think that happened too. Where they, well, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. But yeah. if we got some people saying, you know, this might be a, a um, what was it, a comedy cult classic, and that one might be, well, then guess what? We're not that friggin' far off, are we? So, I, I just wanted to get that. Off yeah, no, you know, the, the people have spoken. We'll, we'll the, take that into account, and it may or may not have changed my mind. Who's gonna know? I'll never admit to it. Uh, but we'll we'll move forward. So speaking of the hashtag Dork Shared Gooniverse, of course, you guys can check out all the stuff on Geeks Worldwide and Midnight.fm. They have some awesome shows of the ilk, too. But in the hashtag Dork Shared Gooniverse this week, hashtag Dork is going to be doing their live show on Monday. I imagine it's 845. I'm not certain yet. Um, if you're watching us now on our stream on Facebook or YouTube, if you're listening there to us, their episode is already out. And they're doing their hashtag Dork episode 200. So they're getting a lot of feedback from listeners and everything mm-hmm. like that did you submit anything to them no I, I probably should i should i should put that together maybe i'll do that after this uh Why here not? yeah yeah you know i think i think so you know this is a very naval naval gazing type episode door 200 because <laughs> they've already done 200 episodes right but this is just 200 under the eei brand so True. uh it's all a matter of semantics here but after a week off it, you know i hope it's good uh you know just <laughs> I hope it's, hope it's worth it at this point. Yeah, well, I think Keith may have may or may not have been on vacation. Yeah, week, yeah, so. I guess so. But that doesn't yes. mean anything to me. 
Right, because you're all you because you're a listener. You want your content, right? Yeah, you yeah, exactly. Well, for those who were looking for, you know, every time you're looking for a second episode of Dork, you know, there was always a change my mind episode. So you can, or if you're new to the the universe, or the sorry, the show, you can go back and listen to some of our old arguments. Of course, uh, Mac and Goo already did their live stream, so you can find that on the Facebook page or their YouTube channel. They did Matt the Mac and Gooey Vault Die Hard, which is I believe their 80, 1988 movie. Is that right? Yeah, like sure. That. that sounds sounds right. Yeah. Okay. And then PCP, I almost never know what the hell they did. They're they're planning. They yeah, say, they're the ones that say it at the end of the episodes too. I know. What what did they say? They're, I think it's another music. No, no, no. They're doing candy. That's what they're doing. They're doing candy. Like a That's candy list. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. I am very, very, very excited for their Disney draft that they're teasing. I think yeah. They're do that. Mm-hmm. in september one of us has got to get in on that yeah we will yeah, yeah. Uh, if, if you, you know you seem really into it. i'd hate to take that away from you I no know I, i'm into a I'm, regular I'm, disney princess well i appreciate that but i'd be more than happy to just listen to it because i think that's going to be an awesome awesome episode yeah it's a good idea. Been on it yeah so be sure to listen to them this week we're talking about candy which we may or may or not done before yeah and whatever. then TLT TLDR will be on at eight over on Doc's Twitch stream and on the hashtag Dorkshared Universe Facebook page. Wes, we do not know what we're doing next week, do we? No, but that's that's the way I like it though. Keep people on their toes, keep us on our toes. But we do have to go back to at some point. You know, I, I feel like we've been putting this off. Thor: The Dark World for our MCU uh, rewatch vault. Oh, that's uh, true. You know, we haven't done that. I feel like that's just movie. I've been dreading that for some time now. <laughs> That would be a good episode to introduce Rossi to, to to our show. I think maybe maybe we extend the olive branch and then uh, get that out of the way. Hey Rossi, we want to have you on. What? Oh yeah, what are you guys talking about? Thor: The Dark World, the best you know movie in the MCU ever. Yes. Oh, I love. I we like that idea. Thought of him. Yeah. Hmm, right. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it's just me and you. I don't like sharing you all the time. But. Oh. Um. Until next week, then, Wes. Yeah. Same bad time. Same bad place. 